The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Sue, as we look at the markets, it is a Friday. We're going to head into the weekend that looks to be another soggy weekend for folks wanting to harvest. Harvest pressure, both corn and beef, kind of pick up on the because of the weather? Well, you know, the bean market is catching support on any time it dips. Like today, for example, we had a nice range of about, um, gosh, I want to say almost 20 cents. But um, when the market seems to fall back, it's catching support and still We've spent a fair amount of time around a 50% retracement on the November beans, which is from the August high to the September low. But the market is, uh, to me, looking like it's going to try at least for a wave one, which is 884 and three quarters. And if we were to do an equal leg up that we did six low, then we could get up over $9, possibly to 906. I think the market um, is real interesting here. It's it's paying attention to weather. You have the weather right now, of course, talking very wet for at least the next seven days, maybe 10. And the GFS model this morning joined the European and the Canadian models. Everything was in sync, and, of course, the market just couldn't stay down. So this market higher. It technically looks like it's getting a little overdone, but I think we're going to be able to make that 885 area just... A wave one is nothing to be able to. I went back and I took, uh, since 1970, all the midterm election years and based it off of November soybeans. And it was very interesting. A lot of years the market would rally into mid-October and then sell off into the elections or expiration on the November contract. There were a few years where the market held and moved on up into the expiration it seemed like we peaked and so it's going to be kind of interesting to see some years we made new lows i don't know the 810 area our low of being 812 and a quarter um is holding quite well against that 810 low that we had in august contract and that's also a trend line going back to 2002 so we may not make new lows here but boy for now um beans are being shipped out of argentina and brazil to china uh, continuing to see a pretty good lineup, and it makes you think those are probably beans coming from the U.S. getting reshipped. But if this rain hangs on, they might be a little bit pressed to be able to try to get enough beans going uh, for the sales they're making. And that'll make for some interesting trading, I'm sure. It will. It'll add support. It might, if you're along the river or close to um, uh, terminals that can can get the product you know, the beans down to where they need to be, you might see an improvement in the uh, But one thing, Brazil is dry. And there's a large area in Brazil that's dry. And the month of October is forecast to be hot and dry. And so the crop is going in very, that means early in, early out. So they'll probably be getting some harvesting done by the latter part of December, early January. And we need to keep an eye on that because that could turn our demand away from us and back to Brazil. Um, the one thing that we need to keep an eye on also, that China goes in right now this week, they've been on uh, fall festival, but 
so they've been on holiday all week. But uh, the Lunar New Year comes around February 5th, I believe, this next year. And China's a huge buyer of soybeans in advance because they use a lot of veg oil. Is the currency going to continue to be as cheap as, as it's been in Argentina and, and Brazil? Well, you know, the real has had some improvement here of late. And it's back um, a little ways, which is good because, um, you know, if they're, well, they usually like the currency, the high dollar and a cheap real because then they're buying their inputs in reals and selling in dollars. So that's maybe affecting them a little bit adversely to see. But on the same token for Argentina, you know, they've been in such a huge inflationary mode, uh, interest rates, you know, around 40%. That's pretty tough. And then you have export taxes being right, raised up on them, 10% now back to 10% on corn and wheat, um, which is the less of all the evils from 28% to 33%. The highest they ever were was, I think, 35 So, um, But they're having to do what they have to do because they're really hurting financially. And, of course, Venezuela is broke, and that's high inflation and people leaving the country going into Brazil. So, um, you know, they, they need the sales. And, of course, getting beans cheaper from the U.S. and turn around and marking them up, you know, at the 25 or a little under the 25% tariff is a, both in Brazil and Argentina is helping them generate more cash. Well, and these crush margins, as you talked about the use of veg oil, these crush margins have really remained strong, even with the veg oil being on the slow side here in the Yes, they have. And I think the demand for biodiesel, uh, demand for soy meal, I mean, we have more poultry numbers, we have more hog numbers, hog expansion looking good into next year, and then, of course, beef production up. So, um, although they don't consume soy meal so much, but... Um, you know, I think that that's one thing we're looking at. There is one thing I thought was really interesting this week was that Brazil ended up filing a complaint with the WTO uh, on China over sugar. Uh, they were having problems um, being a fair trader with sugar. And prices are very low. So I thought it was interesting that they, too, are complaining about some of the treatment they're getting. Lots of stuff to think about. When we come back, we're going to talk more a little bit about the uh, happenings of the ethanol side of the market. I know that Iowa is going to be the next couple of weeks for ethanol discussions coming from the president. Stick around. We got that. And, of course, a look at the happenings of both the cattle and the hogs as we head into a wet, soggy weekend. You are listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us with Ag and Investment. Let's look at the ethanol side of the market trade. I know some of the the earlier talk in Council Bluffs, Iowa, as you mentioned, over the commercial break might be the spot where the announcement comes for RINs. Has the market kind of waiting to see what this information has to say, kind of waiting with bated breath, shall we say, to react? I think it is. I think that uh, when they're looking at um, this has been talked about and talked about and talked about that we would get this E15. And it's thought that uh, the Trump administration will uh, drop the um, uh, summer 
uh, ability for blending that they'll go year-round on E15. And so that's thought that that'll come out here in uh, when the president is in the uh, state of Iowa here. So that's coming up here. Gosh, I think it's next week. So um, it's going to be interesting. I would love to go, but I'm not going to be able to. But um, I think that um, it's long overdue. And then the RINs, uh, that's the big concern for ethanol plants because they make so much money off of RINs. So it's real concerning because it's thought that uh, he may tighten the noose a little bit on RINs. Well, the ethanol futures have just been right above the lows on the trade. Are we going to see a possible pickup for them as we, we head into the, the winter months? Well, I think, you know, you look at uh, crude oil. And what crude's gotten to, you know, we've been up around 76 here this week. And, you know, gasoline prices are going up. That should add demand to ethanol. And I think that as we get into the winter, you know, energy prices aren't going to go cheaper. And so I think that we could see ethanol pick back up and be more aggressive. So I think it's, um, we're just having to play this uh, political side out a little bit. But I I think you've had a market that's been pretty uh, cheap and distressed, and it's wave count-wise, it may be hitting a spot where it's congesting for a base. Let's head over to the, the livestock side, and a bit of gains kind of sweeping through the way the hogs were trading. Well, the hog market, you know, the Dees contract had a, gosh, I think it had a dollar break, and then from yesterday, we added 222 points back on to close today. Um, I think that... Um, Pork production during the summer quarter is suggesting that um, an increase of 1% to 2% from this past summer. You know, we've got um, a market here in pork. Demand seems to be remaining very good. We've got the situation of African swine fever in China. And while they did uh, drop the restrictions in the first two uh, provinces that, that reported it, um, so they can now move pigs from one another uh, and the product. I don't think that's going away very fast. Um, that's a disease. And, and back in August, they were saying for in September that the August data that uh, the um, market or the uh, production was down 4.8%. That's a huge drop in Chinese pork production. Um, they're the world's largest producer. They have about 488 million hogs. They have around 44,000 head of sows, or a million sows, I should say. And when you drop and you have disease like African swine fever, and you're the world's largest user or consumer of pork, and you raise that bill import, it's a real big concern. And you have Japan now with it. You have uh, Belgium with it. And then, of course, Romania and Russia's had it for 10 years. So I don't think that disease is going away anytime soon. And then while they kept it hushed, they did have an outbreak of hoof and, um, what is it, hoof and mouth disease mm-hmm. on cattle. And then in September, they had an outbreak of African, uh, not African, but avian uh, bird flu. So it seems like they're getting hit on protein in all areas. So it's going to be interesting, but we think the hog market has potential going into next year, into summer. Um, it could be the April contract. It could be the June and and I kind of like the June, July, and August. I kind of think that by the time we get around, we're going to be seeing uh, China's demand huge. The question will be, will pulling pork from Smithfield Foods, 
uh, because they're owned by Shinway, or will they be going to other countries? I'm not so sure they can get enough pork in from other sources, and I think that's why they own uh, Smithfield Foods. And, of course, um, production this fall, numbers coming to slaughter are not as aggressive as what the reports would have had you believe. Granted, Smithfield Foods was kind of hit in that um, uh, so maybe they just haven't gotten fully up to full speed yet on that. But um, uh, it just looks to me like we've got a bull market on, in the making here. And so we've been recommending out-of-the-money options summer, June, July, and August. Um, yeah, to, you know, when you go back and you look at diseases, look at us. When we had the PED virus, hugs went to, I think, in April over a dollar twenty. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is one 800 and it seems like we might be seeing buying of hogs and selling of cattle at this time, so the cattle market could be under some little bit of, of pressure and resistance. Good to keep in mind. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.